This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Mark Willard, and this is Inside Giant Moments, presented by T-Mobile, an official San Francisco Giants podcast. In season one, we looked back at some of the most iconic moments in franchise history. Now, it's time to focus on the present and future. We'll cover memorable wins and the off-field moments, interests, and personalities of the 2021 Giants team and staff. Join us for season two of Inside Giant Moments, now. The 2021 Giants have clearly found a process that works. Not many around baseball saw this coming, but inside the walls, there's a quiet confidence about how to build a winner. General Manager Scott Harris has been a big part of evaluating talent, finding ways to bring that talent in, and then helping get the most out of that talent once on the team. He took me behind the scenes of what goes into the decisions they've made and the decisions still to come. Nice season you guys have going here. And, and I think that, that fans, they, they seemed surprised. Maybe they still are. I wonder if you take that as a compliment or is, is the, the lack of expectation kind of driving you guys in some way? Um, I don't know if it's driving us. Uh, I think we just are conditioned to keep our head down and, and keep working. Um, uh, but it's nice to see some of the recognition and, you know, for me, one of the most rewarding parts of the job is, is watching the fans fall in love with this team. You know, I, I've noticed over the summer, one interesting dynamic is, um, the fans continue to celebrate the veterans such as Buster and, and uh, Brandon Crawford like family members while uh, also adopting some newer faces such as, you know, Lamont Wade as their own. And uh, it's been a really fun uh, summer for us to watch the fans uh, adopt different players at different points in their career and, uh, and treat them as, um, you know, the Giants that, that they know and love. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been following that loosely throughout the summer, and it's, it's been really fun. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've gotten this question a thousand times, and maybe there's a few different ways to ask it. But it, and actually, let me ask you just first up, do you get this question a lot? Do people come up to you guys and say, what's the secret? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. All the time. <laughs> How do you answer it? Um, <laughs> you know, it's a tough question to, to answer um, because, uh, you know, th- there is there is no secret here. Um, the only way to improve an organization is to do the work to, to get the evaluations right and, and build an environment in which players uh, want to get better and have the resources around them to make it happen. Um, so that's what we focus on. We, we try to do the work and, and place educated bets on players we think can help us either now or in the future or both. Um, and I think we've done a good job of that over the last couple of years, and we're going to continue to work hard to, to um, make sure this is sustainable. You said evaluate and do the work. So take me inside that. When you evaluate, what are some of the specific things you're looking for? Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, Farhan and I have been outspoken about 
uh, how important culture is here. You know, we have a really good thing going uh, this year. Uh, we have a group of, you know, strong veteran clubhouse influences, but we also have a group of really good guys in the clubhouse who pull for each other, who make each other better, and um, who make sure that the whole is greater than some of the parts here. So I think every uh, evaluation starts with uh, the makeup of the individual. And then beyond that, um, we, we look at every individual skills, both you know, now and you know, how they could evolve over the next you know, three to four years. I think Lamont Wade is a good example of that. Um, we, we knew that he had strong plate discipline and, and um, consistently put together major league quality at bats. And we thought there might be a little bit more power in there. And, and fortunately, our, our hitting infrastructure was able to bring that out of him. Um, so we, we try to make sure that we're, we're bringing in good people into the clubhouse. We're bringing in um, very skilled athletes. Um, and we're bringing in guys that, that want to do the work to get even better when they become giants. So when you talk a lot about the culture and, and, and the good guys, and we've seen it, and, and every player, but I think you know this, every player tells us, like, this is just the best clubhouse situation they, they've, they've ever experienced. So you guys have built that, but – does, does that work across the board? Can you win in pro sports if you're only looking for quote unquote good guys? Um, you know, I, don't ever be mistaken. This is a very talented group, right? You know, right. It's, it's a bunch of really good guys, but they're really good baseball players too, you know? And sometimes when we talk about culture, I think that overshadows just how skilled and talented all of these guys are. Um, but we're looking for a combination of the two because we know that, um, uh, it's more than just what um, you know, appears on the stat sheet. It, it's how these guys play together, how they fit uh, together to be a functional unit, and how we build a great baseball team instead of just a collection of skill sets. Uh, I also think when people say, what's the secret? Let me give you an example of what I think people are talking about. And, and you mentioned Lamont Wade, where you kind of took an educated uh, you know, guess or evaluation, and it's really worked out. Here's another example. You guys recently brought in Tony Watson. His, his numbers with the Angels uh, so far this year were one thing. A, a, and then he joined the Giants. It's been, <laughs> it's been a very, very different thing. So what's going on there? When, when you bring a player in, what is that process that seemingly gets the most out of that player and you guys keep doing it? Yeah, I mean, I, um, again, there's no um, magic potion here. <laughs> Um, to, to make sure that the guys get better uh, when they become giants. Um, I think it just goes back to making sure that we have two things for every player that we acquire. One, a development plan that uh, can support what they have been doing and help them get better once they become giants, and also a real role for them. We want to make sure that we are bringing in guys who can really help us because every single roster spot is sacred, and we want to make sure that every guy we bring in um, feels empowered and feels like he's here for a reason. And I think that's what, one of the things you're seeing with, with Tony as well as his ability to mentor some of our younger pitchers. Um, you know, we've seen that in recent years, and we think we're going to continue to benefit from that down the stretch. Um, it's been said that your history with the Cubs ha- had a lot to do with the recent Chris Bryant acquisition. How, how much are our personal relationships a part of acquiring a player? I think they matter. Um, you know, when I was talking with, with Jed Hoyer, the president of the Cubs, about, um, you know, a potential trade for Chris, um, we were talking uh, um, through our respective situations in a very blunt and transparent way. 
I don't think you can always do that uh, with every uh, negotiation with, with another GM or, or a free agent. So I think that helped a little bit. Um, however, I, I think, you know, with all the, the talk about the Chris Bryant, Bryant trade, uh, it's, in, it's important to remember how many individuals in this organization played significant roles in that trade. Um, and, and some less obvious roles in that, um, you know, for example, Michael Holmes and his amateur scouting staff deserve a ton of credit for ide- identifying Caleb Killian out of Texas Tech um, and helping him become a pitcher who was a meaningful part of a Chris Bryant trade. You know, Joe Salermo and his international sca- staff deserve a ton of credit for identifying Alexander Canario and signing him for a modest sum out of the Dominican Republican re- Republic and helping him become a meaningful part of a Chris Bryant trade and Kyle Haynes and, and Dave Greshner and their respective staff deserve a ton of credit for allowing Caleb and Alexander to get better in this organization and ultimately help us land, you know, a former MVP and, and a guy who's been a huge boost for us ever since the trade deadline. So, you know, Farhan and I uh, get written about a lot for these trades, but we hope that everyone around this organization who contributed to these trades feel as close to them as, as Farhan and I do. Scott, I know there's only so much that you can say about these. It's sensitive, but I, I think you also understand how much intrigue there is in, in the art of the deal. And when you're coming up on a trade deadline and all of a sudden everything's flying around on social media like crazy over the last hour or two. But but what, what can you share about the work that goes into that when does it start how long is the process um like like how long were you guys working on that um i don't think we ever stopped working on those uh those types of uh trades or you know free agent signings in the offseason we're constantly texting about ways to get better we're constantly you know talking with our, our coaching staff and our analysts and our scouts about you know, ways to improve this group. Um, one thing I talked about the other day that I think is uh, an important point is, you know, ideas by themselves don't make us better. You know, execution really matters here. How you approach a, uh, a GM or an agent really matters. How you position yourself going into one of those deadlines really matters. And that takes an army of people behind us uh, that help us, you know, put ourselves in a position to acquire a, a Tony Watson or, or a Chris Bryant. Um, and then, you know, as you were alluding to in the question, it's important to make um, uh, sound decisions right up against the deadline. There's a ton of things flying around. There's a, a ton of bias and noise in the room, and we need to be really good at separating that bias and noise from substance and approaching every problem strictly from how it can help us. And I think that's a, an underrated um, quality going into these deadlines because you can make mistakes when things are flying around right before the deadline and, and you have to make a decision. What is that last hour like? I mean, are you, are you and Farhan just in a room together with pizza? Like what, what does this look like? <laughs> I, uh, I think Farhan said this right after the deadline. It's absolutely true. We didn't have any food in the room. You know, we were starving by the time, you know, the, the deadline came. And, you know, that's one of the adjustments we need to make next year because I don't think that's a healthy decision environment when we're starving and irritable. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's got to be uh, quite a quite a scene. Okay, uh, go big picture with me and, and be honest. Did you expect to have the best record in baseball at the start of September? Um. 
you know, I, I think it's arrogant for anyone to tell you that they expected to have the, the best record in baseball at the start of September. Um, I thought we were going to be good this year. Um, you know, I think uh, many people don't realize how good we were last year after a rough start. And, and I think we got better this winter. So I think we put ourselves in a position to um, be very competitive down the stretch if, if a lot of things would go right for us this summer and they have, and, and now we find ourselves in that position, but we have a long way to go. Uh, we still got to keep working hard, and we, we can't get complacent now just because we find ourselves with the best record in baseball heading into September. Farhan said recently that you guys are hoping to bring a lot of the guys back, a lot of free agents, but, but he mentioned that they've earned that. How do you balance that idea with a farm system that seems ready to start delivering talent? Yeah, I think, I think we need to work on parallel paths. We need to build internally and externally. Um, you know, the, the ideal um, outcome for the next handful of years is that we are introducing new impact players to our, our, um, our big league clubhouse both through our system and from uh, outside the organization uh, via trade and, and free agency. But, you know, at the end of the day, we are in a better position to evaluate the players we have right now, the players that we're around every single day right now. And we have such a good thing going right now that I think it's um, going to be really important for us to, to keep some of these guys around. You know, I, we made one, one big move and, in extending Brandon Crawford uh, a couple of weeks ago. We're, we're very proud that, you know, Brandon is going to continue to be a giant for two more years and um, hopefully some of his teammates want to want to jump on um, but we're, we're not going to do anything to, to distract us and our goal right now and, and we'll hope that all the contractual stuff works itself out after the season well speaking of guys wanting to be there I, I, I mean it, my gosh it, it seems like everybody does and I've sort of transitioned from this idea that we were joking about earlier what's the secret how are you guys winning I've sort of transitioned beyond the whole idea of uh, you know, how, how are these guys getting this production to how are you guys getting the buy-in? You, you've got so many players who could probably fill a bigger role elsewhere, and they're in free agent years. You have hitters hitting over 300 that you have to send to Sacramento. But everyone seems really happy. How, how have you guys achieved the buy-in? Yeah, I think it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. You know, we just focus on doing the work. And, you know, that starts with Cap and his staff. You know, every day when I walk into the coaches' room, uh, there there will be, you know, coaches with their heads down um, just working on some detail from last night or last week or last month to make us, you know, just a little bit better that day. You know, uh, the other day I, I was walking into the coaches' room and, and Craig Albernaz uh, was brooding over some pitch that I didn't even remember from a week ago. And he was focusing on ways to help our pitchers and catchers get that pitch. And, you know, Andrew Bailey, our pitching coach, is always searching uh, for, for ways to make the pitchers better. And, and oftentimes he will um, be excited about some, you know, pitch grip adjustment or some, um, you know, mechanical adjustment that he's making with a pitcher. And he's so bullish on that, abil- that pitcher's ability to make an adjustment down the stretch. And I think that all really matters because I think the players really see um, – that there's an army of people working for them and trying to help them get better. And, you know, I don't want this to get lost in, the, in, 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 in all of this you know, rhetoric about the coaches. It really matters if, if the players buy in, and it really matters if the veterans buy in. And so when Brandon Crawford and Johnny Cueto and, and Brandon Belt and, and Buster Posey start working with these coaches and start buying into the adjustments that, um, 
we, we want them to make, then it, it sends a message throughout the entire clubhouse to all of the younger players that, you know, this is an environment where, where some of these, you know, guys on Hall of Fame track records feel like they can get better, and maybe I should focus on that too. And so I think we have a really good thing going, and I really appreciate all the work that Cap and the coaches and the analysts are doing to help these guys get better. Uh, your starting pitching group has experienced some adversity here in the second half of the season. Uh, looking back uh, to into July and, and even before, what, what gave you the confidence to stick with the group that you had at, at the deadline and just kind of go with it? I, I think it was a combination of factors. Uh, you know, finding dependable starting pitching is a challenge for everyone in baseball right now. If, if you look at some of the starting pitching trends at the league level, there, there are two prominent themes. You know, one, major league teams are using more pitchers to start games than they have in recent memory. And two, the percentage of games started by reliable starters, you know, guys who have 20-plus starts through August, is declining quickly. So there's a scarcity of starting pitchers out there, and, and it's affecting everyone. You know, it's affecting the avail- availability of depth starters in AAA. It's affecting – the prices of starting pitching at the at the trade deadline and the availability of guys, and it's affecting day-to-day roster decisions. So I think we we're very self-aware about, you know, two things going into the deadline. One, that, you know, we're fortunate to have a rotation that has been one of the strengths of our team so far, and we're fortunate to have pitchers such as Logan Webb who seem to get better every single start. Yep. Um, and two, we, we feel like we have a high-performing bullpen, so bolstering the bullpen and, and helping that unit keep us in games if we have a short start or if we have to you know, run out of pen day like we did yesterday, will help us continue to give our offense more and more chances to help us win games. So th- those are two of the many factors that led into you know, our decision going to the deadline and, and just the general availability of starting pitching out there. And then the situation going forward for the stretch, what, uh, what actions do you take now to ensure – uh, that there's there's backup for your core five starters and some of whom are, are experiencing issues. Like what, what options uh, are, are you trying to put together to back them up? You know, one, uh, I think we are continuing to, uh, you know, bolster our general pitching depth. You know, we, we acquired Jose Quintana yesterday, who I had some history with in Chicago. Um, you know, we have Sammy Long in the fold who, who gave us a great start in New York and, and ate a lot of innings for us in Atlanta. Um, we have some options there, uh, but I think that all takes a backseat to you, the, the COVID situation that we are de- dealing with right now. Um, and I think our first priority has to be the health of our players and staff. And then after that, I think we're going to be creative with how we we eat innings and, and how we, we keep our guys and our team in games. Um, you know, yesterday was a great example of it. We ran a full pen game and extended some of our relievers like Harlan Garcia. And we ended up, you know, holding one of the better teams in baseball uh, to, to three runs and giving our, ourselves a chance to win. So I think you, you may see a little more of that, um, but, you know, hopefully it, it's not for an extended period. Hopefully we, we get some of our guys who are, are sidelined back soon and we can go back to the, the way we've been playing baseball for the first five months and, and, leading on our rotation. Okay, quick pause to tell you about our sponsor, T-Mobile, one of our favorite partners because of how relevant they are to Giants fans. Because you're never far from McCovey Cove when you've got America's largest and fastest 5G network. In other words, T-Mobile is your ticket to the game, whether you're home or away. The Giants are big league 
Why don't you come on up and join them? Switch to T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Fastest 5G by Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA 5G Experience Report January 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. And now back to Inside Giant Moments. Uh, I've joked on the show often that uh, that every day, about two hours before first pitch, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of the members of the media, get an email with the day's Giants roster moves, and and, and that's not that's not the way it used to be, <laughs> where where there were transactions seemingly almost every day. Have you ever been a part of a team that makes this many transactions? Of course. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's uh. We view that as a, um, a a valuable part of our jobs. You know, we don't just make a couple decisions right before the deadline and a couple decisions during the offseason. You know, we make thousands of decisions over the course of a calendar year, and, and we believe that we have an ability, ability to, to grab some value at the margins um, and repeat it many, many times. And I think that helps us, uh, you know, match up uh, against any given day's starter and, and help keep the rest of our guys on our, our roster healthy throughout the season. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot has been written about how the depth has helped us put, put ourselves in this position so far. So I've been a part of it. I think it, there's value there, and um, I think it, it's been helping us so far. I think you guys get talked about as if this is a, a brand-new and brilliant way to do baseball. Um, I wonder if you feel that that's what this is. Do, to what degree do you feel like you're, you're blazing a trail right now? I, I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, you know, I think, I think any sort of feeling of, you know, front office exceptionalism is really dangerous. I don't think anyone in, inside the walls, uh, you know, at 24 Willie Mays Plaza feels that way. It, for us, it's just, you know, again, focusing on doing the work, uh, coming up with strategies that we believe we can execute and, and going out and executing them. Um, so, you know, I think it's a combination of, of all of our experiences, you know, Farhan's experiences in his career prior to coming to the Giants, my experiences um, in my career prior to coming to the Giants, and a collection of other individuals' experiences that are helping us uh, make the decisions we're making and putting ourselves in a position to, you know, hopefully win the NL West down the stretch. I, I do wonder, though, if other teams are going are, are gonna to look at this and sort of see – uh, what you guys are doing and think to themselves, okay, hold on a second. If they can get this much production out of certain players for way less money than what teams are used to spending for something like that, um, there's going to be a copycat dynamic, isn't there? Maybe. I mean, you know, there's been uh, a lot of, you know, copycatism in, in this industry over the last, you know, 25 years. That may happen, but I, I think it, it's a good reminder that we got to continue to move forward. We got to continue to move quickly. We got to continue to try to find competitive advantages and actualize them as quickly as possible because it's a very competitive league and it's a zero sum game. And if we're not doing that, then we, we may fall behind. So, uh, will people co- uh, copy us? Maybe, uh, maybe not, but it, it, it's important for us to continue to move forward and move quickly. You might win the division. You might be a wild card. It could be one playoff game. It could be almost 20 playoff games. I wonder the way that plays out, the way September and October plays out and finishes, uh, how much will that help shape your offseason plan? Um, it's a good question. 
I, can I answer that question in, in a couple months? <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. I'll, I'll ask you again then. But uh, but but I wonder if that's something you guys have thought about now. Yeah, we we are talking about it a little bit. Uh, you know, I think this weekend was a good reminder that we need to focus on what's directly in front of us. We were flying back from Atlanta this this weekend, um, expecting to have, you know, a full complement of, of starters for a difficult part of our schedule. And suddenly, you know, Monday morning, everything changed. So I think it's, it's uh, challenging to make plans too far out in advance. We should continue to talk about it, but I don't exactly know how, you know, the next month is going to shape our off season until we see what happens the next month. Uh, a few months ago, you told me that there were some similarities in what you guys are building in terms of the way you're building it. Uh, there's some similarities with that and what the Padres did over the last few years. Um, but in, in watching that arc, when the Padres felt ready with that great farm system, they went out and spent uh, big money. And, and you guys will have quite a bit of financial flexibility in the offseason. Do you foresee big spending? Um, you know, I understand the question and, and the approach there. I don't think we think about it in terms of, you know, we're going to go out into the offseason and spend a ton of money. I think we're going to go out into the offseason and try to make as many good baseball decisions as we possibly can. And if some of that means, you know, spending money, um, sure, we'll, we'll spend money because I think we put ourselves in a position um, to spend money when it makes sense to us. Um, we also need to continue to think of, you know, prospects and other resources as um, as finite as we perceive money to be, right? So when we make a big trade that involves prospects like the, the Chris Bryant trade, that there's a cost associated with that. It may not be uh, a monetary cost, but it's a real cost to our organization, both in the present and the future. And I think we are going to continue to try to be strategic with how we allocate those resources to players to make sure that we're getting um, better at the major league level, but we're also getting better uh, in our farm system and, and making sure that this is sustainable for many years to come. I'm glad you uh, you you brought up uh, Chris once again. He he has openly stated, uh, obviously without without putting pen to paper, but he has openly stated he really likes what's going on, and he likes the idea of staying. I, I wonder how that sits with you and and what you might like to share on the matter. <laughs> uh, well, I've I've known. Chris since the day we drafted him in, in 2013 in Chicago um, and I've gotten to know him over the years and I'm not surprised that he likes what's going on here. Um, it, it, as far as how that translates into a contract, I, I think that's something that we'll, we'll pick up after the season is over. Um, but you always want a, a player to want to be here and to like what's going on here as opposed to the opposite. Cause you know, hopefully that, that gives you um, a, a, uh, a good icebreaker if, if um, ultimately uh, we end up deciding that there's um, an ability to extend his stay in San Francisco. So, um, again, I, I think that's something we'll tackle once the season's over. Uh, no surprise. Fans fell in love with him right away, too. Are you hearing from fans who are like, let's go, let's do it right now. Come on, offer him the world. I hear a lot of things on Twitter, right. a lot of good things and a lot of really bad things. So, um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to let Twitter influence you too much these days, given given the content that's that's out there. That, that, this is true. This is so. Smash Mouth has not weighed in yet. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I'm not sure I follow Smash Mouth. Okay. So. <laughs> 
Uh, Scott, what wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for uh, for letting us take a dive in on how all this works. And uh, great stuff this year. Appreciate it so much. You too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to Inside Giant Moments presented by T-Mobile. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review and share this episode with your friends and family. To make sure you never miss these exclusive conversations each week, subscribe and follow the Inside Giant Moments podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.